Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. That's all the words I know. But anyone. It's not unusual. To do you uh, mind oh, all the time. I don't know the rest of that, that song. That's exactly the words. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Or hello, how are you doing today? My name is Jimmy Wong. You are watching and listening to the Command Zone Podcast. Hello, I'm Josh <laughs> Lee Kwai. Well, that was weird. That was bizarre. Uh, that song, though, I love that song. It's not unusual. I love it so much, I know all the words. Today, what was it? What, what it makes me think of? Was it in Attack? It was an Attack from, from Mars. From Mars, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was like. Because one of his other songs was the song that, spoiler alert, oh, yeah, kills made all their every single yes, alien yes. from Mars for spoiler whatever alert reason. from that movie from 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's terrifying, by the way. Um, today, that has nothing to do with our, uh, with our topic today, but today we are talking about the most underrated cards in Commander. We actually get asked about this all the time. Like, hey, did you guys know about this card? super underrated. Or like, can you tell us some of your hidden gems? And we've done similar episodes in the past. But today we're going to do more of a general overview, cover a lot of different areas and topics and talk about cards that are sorceries, enchantments, instants, lands, artifacts, all that good stuff so that we cover the bases and then uh, maybe in the future we can go more in depth on it. But first, we need to talk about our sponsors. Yeah, we do. You need to go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone if you use that affiliate link when you order your magic product singles, anything like playmats, deck boxes, sleeves, all that stuff. If you use the affiliate link when you order it, you're going to be supporting this show and Game Nights, and we very much appreciate it. That's right. And our other sponsor for the show is Ultra Pro. And we actually have something really, really special to show off today on the show. It's a brand new product coming out quarter one, 2018. So sometime soon, these are Relic tokens so, so uh for those listening i've got a box here it's like a booster box and there are actually like this sound is familiar yeah so there are booster packs with the relic tokens in them there are a number of tokens we've got let me let me look it up here we got angels beast cat dragon drake gideon 
Oh, yeah. Goblins as well. Yeah, Tarmogoyf, Worms, Zombies, Soldiers, a few others. And the tokens are actually... Well, let's open one up, Jimmy. Let's open yeah. up a pack. So, so you get three per pack. Three per pack. And the idea is that this is similar to a booster pack. There are certain ones you can collect. There's also foil versions of each token. Mm -hmm. And they're meant to track stuff like power and toughness as well as loyalty counters. That's why they have Planeswalker ones. So we're going to crack this open and see what we get inside. I reveal it. Our first token is... Ooh, ooh, a foil zombie. Yeah, so some of the tokens are foils. And if you can see, the tokens are actually made, they're not made out of cardboard. They're like shiny plastic. Yeah. And um, they're also shaped in a way that they fit. If you look at the token, actually the art, it can fit right on top of a card. And yeah, we'll if you're watching the, the YouTube footage. video right now, you can see it go in front of the sort of, the way the art on a token card is. Yeah. This is made to fit right on top of it. And then it has these little dials where you can change the power and toughness, or you can even use the dials to maybe denote how many of these, like this is a soldier token, how many soldiers you have. Yeah, you can even have it be your life total on Commander. Yeah. Our next token is a worm token. Oh, from a Sandworm Convergence. Uh-huh. And then an insect token. Uh, I think this is from Emonquette, one of the yeah, it looks like insects. It. Yeah, well, zombies, sweet. Yeah. So these are going to be out soon, or they could be out now. I'm not sure of the exact date, but keep your eye out for them. They are pretty sweet and a good way to sort of jazz up your battlefield. Yeah, I could see someone getting this and being like, oh, I have a zombie deck or a goblin deck, and I'm just going to use this as my life total account for the rest of the game. So yeah, that's true. It could be a lifetime cool. Yeah, well, if you have a Cranko deck, you're going to be cranking this thing all the way to the top. Cranko, cranking. I like cranking it. Cranking and Cranko. All right. And the last way to support the show is directly on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash command zone, you can contribute directly. In fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to Will, Will Yowsey. And it's also especially dedicated to Will because he is one of many, many people now that has submitted an audition video to be on an episode of Game Nights. That's a very new exciting development that we've had. Uh, if you're a patron of the show, you get to go and submit an audition to be on the show. Very exciting. And actually, you know, we just released a behind the scenes episode for Game Nights as well. And if you've ever wondered what the show is like, what it takes to create, how much Josh here has to slave through just to make it happen, you should definitely check it out because we're also doing a very special giveaway because we love all of you guys. And we actually have a vault of stuff that we haven't given away in the past that we have extras of. And it's time for you lucky patrons and lucky listeners out there. A lot of people have been asking us about this. To win stuff like the Aftermath playmats that we gave away uh, to our patrons that were uh, that qualified. Um, and, you know, because it's all game that's related, we have a lot of other stuff, including sleeves, old playmats, deck boxes, and all that stuff, and cards as well. So, oh, we also have special things. We have, like, the notes that we used to take uh, for each turn uh, back before you we You still had, have that? Yeah, I still have them all. Wow. So you might get something, like, for instance, you might get Melissa DeToro or the professor's notes from oh, the wow. game that they played. I didn't know played. you saved that stuff. Yeah, I saved all of it. Uh, a lot of people have asked us about the Aftermath playmat because it was sort of a limited time only. We only sold it for that one period of time. We're never going to sell it again, but we do have a few left that we're going to give away. So if you go to the Game Nights behind the scenes video and make a comment, you will be eligible to win maybe a playmat, maybe some of those notes, maybe some yeah. other stuff we've got um, still lying around. And we want to say, if you've already watched the video and already commented, make a new comment because we're only going to be sort of checking the comments from this point forward. Those are the people yep. that are eligible to win from the day that this podcast released. Yeah, and we'll probably uh, finish this giveaway in a week or so as well, like our other giveaways. So make sure you check out the game that's behind the scenes video. The link, of course, in the description box below, or just go to our channel, youtube.com slash the command zone podcast, and you can find it there. 
All right. A lot of housekeeping nice. this episode, but we're trying to give you stuff, so yeah. hopefully you don't get too That's mad about it. That's my favorite kind of housekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the most underrated cards in Commander. Uh, Jimmy, you've broken these down into different categories. Yeah, pretty simple. Now, we always talk about underrated cards, but before we even get into it, let's talk about what it exactly means to be underrated. Uh, and in general, I think... Soul Ring's underrated, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the cards that don't see as much play, you, you might consider as underrated because they don't... Not as many people rate it high enough to put in their decks. Cards that may be priced lower, so that means that people haven't bought as much of it. It's The demand for it's not as high. And cards that are priced higher only because of exclusivity and not necessarily playability. So there are a lot of older cards out there that are actually really great, but because like the old Legends, for example, or something like old, old cards that people don't have as much of, they cost more. But that doesn't mean that they're actually more valuable to a commander player. They may have been slipped under the radar. Yeah, price doesn't always denote power level, but sometimes it does. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of, obviously, other ways to figure out whether, whether a card is underrated or not. But let's just go right to it, and we're going to kick things off by talking about underrated commanders. We'll talk about creatures in an instant, in a second here, but here are some cards that I think, and uh, maybe you as well, are underrated. So the first is an excellent card called Toshiro Umezawa. It's who, his Jite? I think it is his Jite. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't even think about that. So Toshiro Umezawa <laughs> Everything is, has changed. is a legendary creature, one black black for a human samurai, a 2-2. It has Bushido 1, so whenever this creature blocks or becomes blocked, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. But it says, whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you may cast target instant card from your graveyard. If that card would be put into a graveyard this turn, exile instead. So whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, snapcaster mage something. An instant immediately, and you can cast it without... Yeah. It's instant only, so I guess it's more like torrential gear yeah. something. Now you, uh, but you do have to pay the mana cost. Yes. Let's be clear about that. But... For one, I like this because it's a three-mana commander, and obviously we know how powerful that is. Also, it's so in black. It's in black. Black loves doing this. I mean, dumping. black doesn't get to do this. Red right. gets to. Blue gets to. Black doesn't have a whole bunch of, like... Yeah. It has Yoggamoth's will, I guess, but it's it's not... I mean, Snapcaster and Torrential Gearhulk are the cards you think of, right? Those mm -hmm. are not those are not black cards. Yeah. Or, yeah, or a Baby Jace, or a Kid Jace, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah I'd like to share a lot, too, just because... It's tricky. A lot of creatures obviously die. Black wants to put stuff in the graveyard as well. It's one of its natural things it can do very well. And I've never seen a deck with this. I, I could imagine there are a lot of really interesting ways to abuse this. And hey, like... Well, I assumed you picked it because you'd seen it in play or something. Because I've never seen no, it in play. No, I've never seen it in play before. And that's why I'm thinking it's underrated. And just because I hasn't seen that much play. Now, I could be wrong. But I don't think it's a very popular commander because it's a monocolor commander for one. And, you know, I would go with Shieldred or right. sort of a more obvious choice if I was going mono black. So. But this allows you to get value off all your, like, if you cast Murder and then immediately, because yeah. that's kill something. Yeah. And then you immediately use it again, right? Yeah, murder, yeah. yeah. murder, trigger, murder, 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 murder. Lots of murders. You can only do it twice because it exiles it, yeah. Well, hero's then, Downfall. There you go, yeah. Or you have a Hero's Downfall twice. into a murder, into a Hero's Downfall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. I like it a lot. Oh, this next one. I know why you put this one on here. <laughs> This next one is a tribute to our dear friend Kenji Egashira. It is Numat the Devastator. Kenji's uh, streaming name, Numat the Nummy, is actually named after this card. Um, it's sort of one of the new, new original Elder Dragons. I don't know how you would describe these. As in, it there was a series of Planar Chaos Dragons um, that... Is that where it's from, Planar Chaos? Yeah, that's where it was originally from. Mm. Um, which means it's Planar Chaos. It's going to do some things that you may not expect it to. But this, this one... Is, yeah, this one... 
I don't know if it's unexpected. It's yeah. unwanted. Okay. It's definitely, yeah. Um, it's three in Jeskai, so three red, white, and blue for a 6-6 legendary cre- uh, creature, Dragon with Flying. And it says, whenever Numa the Devastator deals combat damage to a player, you may pay two in the red. If you do, destroy up to two target lands. That's a lot of lands that also aren't necessarily tied. That's That's the lands. Being that destroyed. Was, yeah, it was good. But what, it's not necessarily tied to the player that you hit with combat damage. Yeah, that's an interesting thing where you smack Jimmy and then activate and then blow up, you know, Mel's lands instead. That, yeah. That seems kind of... I didn't think about that this when I first saw the card. Spoiler alert, if you've seen the new behind-the-scenes video for Game Nights, you probably realize that Kenji is appearing on a future episode oh. uh, that we've already shot. And he plays... I'm spoiling a lot of stuff, but I guess you could probably guess he's playing his namesake, uh, this deck. So It's actually, I think, his first commander deck he's ever built. He's talked about it on stream a lot. He, yep. has, a, he has an altar of Numont as well. I mean, well he was coming he on game nights. We were like, well, you have to play the Numont deck. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we had other choices. We're like, maybe we can give him this or that. I was like, nah, you're going to play Numont. Um, th- there's one thing I've learned in commander recently is that lands, powerful lands, are so underrated in terms of their threat level on the board. Like, if you just have a... There's always, like, at a least bunch of good one, ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's up to two target lands, so it doesn't even have to be the same person, right? Yeah. There's always Maze of Ith, Alchemist Refuge. Oh, gosh. You know, Cabal Coffers. Temple of the Urborg. False God. Yeah. Much less, like, not even talking about like Guy's crazy cradle. stuff, like yeah. Guy's Cradle, <laughs> Growing Rights of Vilkomach. Now there's the Storm the Vault. What's that turn into? The Tularian uh, oh, Academy. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tularian like, Academy, yeah. It's crazy. There's so many. Um yeah, you're, you're almost always, especially because it's a six mana commander. You know, you're gonna. It's just a. I see this as a very much a utility commander. You're using this because you want to be able to either control the board a little more, or you know that your meta has problems with like really crazy lands, and you you know you want more ways to get rid of lands in your deck. And you can often team up with somebody like, just let me hit you one time. I'll blow up that person's lands, yeah. and that'll give us a chance to sort of catch up or do whatever. So yeah, a lot yeah, of politics there. Pretty like. cool commander. I was surprised with how powerful uh, it was and how scary it was. Just sitting in the commands, and you're like, man. I hope he doesn't out. cast that and then swing <laughs> because I cannot afford to lose two lands. Uh, the next one you have on the list here is Verols. Verols? Verols? The Scar Striped. It's a one black green for a legendary creature, Troll Warrior. It's a 2 2. Each creature card in your graveyard has Scavenge. So the Scavenge cost is equal to its mana cost. And what Scavenge does is you exile the creature card from your graveyard and pay its mana cost. And then you put a number of 1-1 counters equal to that card's power onto target creature. You can only scavenge as a sorcery. Um, and then you can sacrifice another creature to regenerate Varls. 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 Rolls. Let's call them rolls. Rolls for the lols. <laughs> uh, so this is interesting because it's value getting value in two ways from your creatures. It lets you send them to the to the graveyard by sacrificing them to regenerate and then you can also use them once they're there to put counters on your creatures Mm -hmm. have you seen a deck with this because i never have i never have either that's why these are all on the list because every time i look at the car they go wow this is this is sweet right there are tons of ways that black and green can put stuff into the graveyard so you always have things to scavenge and then there are ways to abuse plus one plus one counters like crazy in these colors as well yeah that's true if you have the corpse jack menace or something Mm -hmm. out uh doubling season something like that 
Well, not to I mean, obviously, it's a lot more focused on, you know, having creatures on the board, but Varals himself protects himself right. from board right. wipes, from, from most board wipes. Um, and if you wanted to build something that's more Voltron, I'm sure you could. But even just having like a 15 15 on the board is sometimes very powerful. In if you can do it quickly. Yeah. 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 So. You, you definitely want to, and, and the reason I like black for these underrated commanders is because black has by far the best ways to double its mana across so many different ways and to make a lot of mana for a pretty cheap cost in general. Uh, the next underrated commander is our most expensive commander, I think, uh, in terms of cost outside of Numa himself. It's Iname Death Aspect. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard about this card before because it's pretty powerful. Four black, black legendary creature spirit for a 4 4. Legendary creature, sorry. When Iname Death Aspects enters the battlefield, you may search your library for any number of spirit cards and put them into your graveyard. If you do, shuffle your library. Um, I just think the words any number of is yes. pretty good. Yes. He's a spirit. Build a spirit deck. Throw them all in the bin for free. I'm sure there's a lot of broken things you can do there. Yeah, that card seems insane. Another card I've never seen in play, but that is like Entomb times as many as you feel like that yeah the any number is pretty crazy you could put yeah. 30 cards in there <laughs> yeah i know right it's like kind of nuts actually yeah and then if every other card in your in your deck is stuff that gets stuff out of the bin which you could do because you're just going to play inami and then ramp to inami get that and literally and put every spirit in there of course one bojuka bog in your yeah. day is kind of ruined <laughs> <laughs> so be careful uh, that's why they're underrated not overpowered <laughs> all right uh, the last category I had in the underrated commanders is just partners. They're still underrated. I mean, Vile Smasher and Thrasios, not necessarily together, but separately, are not. Yeah. Um, but even the- then, I think I think we should go back at some point, even on the show, and if you're in person and you have these as well, you should go back and take a look at all the partner commanders and look at the combinations and just look at the potentials and the possibilities. Having two cards in the command zone that you can cast, aka two extra cards, one extra card than most everyone else at the table invaluable i think just the ability to have a two drop Mm -hmm. that you're guaranteed to have is very powerful because there are games where you just do not want to be the first person hit yeah if you're in like if you're against craig for instance or somebody that plays in a manner that's pretty aggressive often just having a blocker means they go after somebody else and now you're kind of out of the woods from that person because they're adhering to the junkyard dog philosophy yeah and all you had to do was sort of fade one attack and you can do that by having something out early so i really like it i changed my tim deck actually to uh kaidel and ludovic right before it was the it was riku yeah riku yeah and i just found that ludovic was card draw for that deck because i can i can tim somebody uh, ping them and Kaidel taps and untaps for mana so I can use Kior's followers, Fate Sisters and stuff to get yeah. extra mana. So it just worked very well. It just gave your deck so much more flexibility yeah. than, than dropping a huge, very expensive Riku and hoping that you're able to somehow use their ability on the next go around. Yeah, Riku just didn't ever get cast because it yeah. just wasn't, the deck wasn't set up to take take advantage of it. So, like uh, if you could ask the question, like, would you rather have just Riku in the command zone or have a card that taps for mana that when you draw cards and a card that's going to draw you that card? Yeah, it's pretty crazy to have card draw and mana ramp instead of my old commander yeah um i think it made the deck quite a bit better actually so partner commanders i know it's easy to forget because the new stuff comes out and you're onto the new thing but i don't i still think there's a ton of unexplored deck building uh involving the partners totally all right we're we're done with underrated commanders we're done but not forever gonna preemptively do this the next card was technically on the sheet we just threw but don't worry i didn't forget it by the way if you can guess the two the listeners you're 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 just yeah it's a it's pretty easy to guess what you're asking guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're on underrated creatures is this one underrated i feel like i see it a lot i you know maybe i put it here because i think it's under misunderstood 
I don't know how many times I've played oh, this and yeah. used it, and people say, that's not how you use it. I'm like, no, no, this is definitely Every, how you use and it. And we've had it on game nights, and that was a huge... A million people said, I know exactly what you're going to say. Oh, let me read the card. It's Sadisi Undead Vizier. It's three black black for a legendary creature, a zombie naga. It's a 4-6 with death touch. It's not why you play it. It has exploit. When this creature enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a creature. When Sadisi Undead Vizier exploits a creature, you may search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So you Demonic Tutor, it says exploit Demonic Tutor, right? Yeah. Here's the part that gets everybody tripped up. All exploit creatures work like this, okay? All of them. You can Google it, or you can just trust me, but either way, we have checked double and triple and quadruple checked this so that it is correct. The creature with exploit can exploit itself. Aha. Uh-huh. Unless it says cannot exploit itself, which none of them say that. <laughs> so CDC can be a five mana tutor if that's what you need to do. Obviously, you can sacrifice another creature like a token or something smaller that you've already got on the battlefield. But worst case scenario, and honestly, you often do this just because it makes sense at it's the five, time. Yeah, it's a five mana tutor. You play CDC, exploit trigger, exploit CDC, go demonic tutor for your best yeah. card or cyclonic rift or whatever you need at that moment. Yeah, I just think there are a lot of different ways to abuse this, obviously. There are cards that want to die, obviously, if you're building your deck around this. A lot of people are like, why not just play Tutor or this Tutor or this one instead, you know, not a creature specifically. Uh, it's because you can flicker CDC, you can bounce her, you can recur from the graveyard. There are lots of different ways to to recur this, and yeah. you want to be... I mean, look, Tutors are the most powerful thing you can do in Magic, in Commander especially, so... Up there. Up there, yeah. Yeah. Well, outside, like, winning the game, obviously. <laughs> but I mean, I think cheating of mana costs are... are- is probably up there. Anyway, yeah. the the best the best um, stuff usually does both tutors and puts it into play, right? Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Marin, Carador. There's tons of graveyard recursion decks, like you said, flickering. Just the reusability of a creature on the battlefield is much higher in general than you know a sorcery or something. Even though we did just talk about Inami, which in black reuses instance, and I'd never heard of that before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the more but it's you just know. less common. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, now we're on to a card that, Josh, you sent to me last night, uh, which is actually a card that I have been looking a lot at recently and mm-hmm. thinking, like, this is this is good. It's Teamer Sabretooth. It's two green-green for a creature cap that's a 4-3. For one in a green, you can pay one in a green, and you may return another creature you control to its owner's hand. If you do, Teamer Sabretooth gains indestructible until end of turn. Indestructible, not as important here unless you just want to beat someone in the face for four for free. But bouncing creatures in green for one in the green. Yeah, this effect is just very, very powerful, and there are a lot of decks that want to sort of reuse stuff or want to cast spells. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of effects that sort of generate either mana when you cast spells or damage to opponents when you cast spells and being able to bounce and replay, bounce and replay, bounce and replay. Right. Team or Sabertooth, because it doesn't require tapping of the creature. It's just yeah. how much mana you have tends to get into those type of loops and i just noticed it being in more and more you know combo synergistic stuff that people were talking about it's always like oh yeah and team or Sabretooth does that it's not like you know we're old we're old dogs now and i still think of team or Sabretooth as like a newish card which yeah. is weird because it's old it was it's cons, from like right? or, no, dragons it was fate, or something yeah it's from yeah. that block which is not that new but at the same time it's just not the first card that comes to mind but if you've got you know, it's like Cloudstone Curio type of mm-hmm. deal going on, erratic portal type stuff. Um, 
So it's just a card that comes up very often, I've noticed. I mean, Animar, yeah. things like that really it's love great it. great in Animar. Yeah. And the thing is, too, a lot of these cards, I think, when I was looking at them through the lens of underrated, also made me think, like, are they really good in a monocolored deck of yeah. that color? Because oftentimes, you're looking for these things that don't really exist in your colors. Yep. And Tim Sabertooth being able to bounce like this is really powerful. Yeah, just even just baseline, like, save... Somebody board wipes, I save one creature by bouncing into my hand, and the team or Sabertooth gets indestructible, so it's saved. Right. If you have more mana, you can save a bunch of yeah, things, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's not even counting all the crazy combo-tastic stuff you can do with it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. that's a card. Don't forget it exists, because I, not that you do, but I often do, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they reprinted in Commander, so they, yeah. they, they want us to... Oh, remember. it got reprinted. Okay, good. Yeah. So, it, it, that's why it feels new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's totally. what I'm going mm-hmm. with. Yeah, mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, the next one is Descendant of Soramaro. It's a three and a blue for a creature human wizard. It's a two, three. It says you pay one and a blue and look at the top X cards of your library where X is the number of cards in your hand, then put them back in any order. Oh. So a little bit of top deck manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely something that a lot of decks like Jaleva wants to do. Narset, Narset obviously. Yep. But again, you don't need to tap this creature to do it. It's also a four mana creature with a two mana activate ability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's just a lot of situations where this card is very handy. Um, especially, I mean, like, it's like a weird, like, for instance, you know how when you use Brainstorm, you want to also have a fetch land to shuffle stuff away? Yeah. This is, you could do this as a semi-shuffle ability, right? Like, even if you're looking, like, obviously this gets way worse with less cards in your hand, but I've always tried to find different ways to use a card like Scroll Rack, and I think this is one of those ways that you can at least manipulate the top of your deck a little bit if you're trying to abuse it in some way. Otherwise, it's just mediocre. Well, I mean, think of how many decks have Sensei's Divining Top. Right. 90% of the time, what are you doing with Sensei's Divining Top? Rearranging the top three cards of your library. Yeah. So this can usually do that. So have having two Sensei's Divining Top is not a bad thing. Um, even in a deck that's not... I think this would be fine in most blue decks. I mean, it might not be... It might get cut because that's not the theme of your deck of your Mizics or something. But at the same time, like you're always going to get back the value put into this card. You're going to draw a card that you were four turns away from drawing. True, true. Uh, or something like that once or twice in a game, which is going to make it worth it. So, um, yeah, I'm again, another card that I haven't seen. But now I'm going to use it against you. Will you? Someday. At some, <laughs> point, some point. I don't know what deck it goes in. Jaleva. For sure, Jaleva. Well, Jaleva for sure. Narset. Yeah, Narset. Don't tell Cassius about this card. I don't know, I'm sure Cassius is going to find a more powerful equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next up is another Kamigawa card. It's Betrayers of Kamigawa this time. It's Patron of the Moon. It's expensive, but powerful. So it's five blue, blue for a legendary oh, creature. Oh, expensive spirit. mana-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like a buck otherwise. It's a 5-4, and it has Moonfolk Offering. I don't think this is going to ever come into play. It's Basically, you can cast this card as an instant if when you sacrifice a Moonfolk and then you pay the difference in mana cost. But the more important thing is it's, it's a 5-4 flyer, and it has for an activated cost of 1, put up to 2 land cards from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. It fast bonds. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Fast bond obviously is good because they come in untapped. But what's blue good at, though? Not that. Yeah. Drawing cards, though. Yeah, for sure. exactly. So if, and blue's good at like sometimes doubling their mana as well. So if you're able to get to 7 mana, drop this out, and then... You've just drawn 80 cards. Boom. There goes all the lands onto your hand, from your hand onto the table. They are tapped, but still, you are ramping like crazy in the mono blue deck. Well, and you can do it in instant speed. What's blue good at? Yeah. Waiting yeah. and seeing if it's if you know I can last till my end step without countering something, and then yeah. going like, oh, I dropped six lands on the table for three mana. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm going to draw five cards, play three lands, untap. 
you do that one time. I mean, we've seen like, uh, what's the Nissa's the one that puts three lands on the battlefield and you gain seven life or six life or whatever. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is renewal. Renewal, yeah. That card is backbreaking. It's such a huge jump. If you can ever cast it and not and and then untap the next turn, yeah, you're so far ahead. You have so much more mana than everybody else, and so this can do that with more flexibility. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, I've put that into a few decks, That's especially cool. if there's no green in the deck. Um, speaking of green, we're next going to talk about lands. Now, this one I do have in quite a few decks. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's called Dust Bowl. It's, uh... <laughs> That's the dust. That's the dust. Man, it's scary. It sounds like the sleepy hollow... The Headless Horseman is riding around Dust Bowl. <laughs> All right. It's a little it's dusty a- out here for him, though. I don't, I don't know if he... <laughs> Well, you know, what's he gonna do? He doesn't have a face. He's headless. That's he's true. not gonna like cough on the dust. He's he like trying care. to like. He's like, where's my hair? I can't even push it back. <laughs> All right, it's a land. It comes uh, into play untapped. You can tap it to add colorless or diamond mana to your mana pool, or you can pay three and tap it. Sacrifice a land. Doesn't have to be dust bowl. You can sacrifice one of your other lands, and then you destroy target non basic land. I love cards like this. Because it gives me leverage when I maybe wouldn't otherwise have leverage. Yeah, totally. You know, there are many moments in games where I don't want somebody to do something to me, and all I need is just a little threat of doing a, something to them. And a lot of times, I'm gonna dust, I'll dust bowl you, and then I'll untap and I'll dust bowl you again. Don't yeah. do that. You know, fact, I'll just dust bowl you for the rest of the game. Yeah, I'll, I don't <laughs> care. I'm because if you destroy that thing, I'm uh, my chances of winning are down. So I'm just gonna make sure you don't win too. Like you can do stuff like that, and then they have to at least factor it in. Yeah. By the way, sometimes when people say things like that to you, you have to still do it and let them dust bowl you. Just FYI, can't capitulate every time. But it's a whole side note. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Numa, the Devastator. It's remarkably strong to just pick off one or two lands. It yeah. can it can totally knock somebody out of the game. It it really sets them back. Rhythm-wise, uh, especially if they've had leveraged a huge advantage off it. So, like, let's say, like, oh, you guys cradle and did something really explosive but didn't win, and then someone blew up my land. Now everyone's looking at me, and I've lost the most important ramp part of my deck. So, what am I supposed to do now? So it's like interesting. You really don't want to put yourself in that position as a player. Dust Bolt, even just holding up that threat of activation, very powerful. People like their lands too. I think it's something people are very precious about in Commander. Except for you using Dust because you're sacrificing a land to do it. But repeatable Wasteland-esque abilities is great. I just like having some way to reach out and hit you back when you do something to me. And yeah. Dust Bowl can be it. Even yeah. though, like, you destroyed, you know, my artifact or whatever, and I can't attack you. But I can still... I can, it won't cost you nothing. It's going to cost you a land or two. And what else is Dust Bowl doing for the rest of the game? Tapping, Tapping for, for mana. mana. Yep. Good times. All right. Another land, and we talk about this quite a bit, actually. It's Winding Canyons. I don't see this played ever for whatever reason. I have uh, been like a lot of my decks. I have a lot of my decks. I think too. if it's got twenty five or more creatures, maybe twenty two or more creatures, this yeah. this card's in the deck. Basically anytime I can replicate a Vidalcan Orrery esque ability, I want to do it. It's not super cheap and it's on the reserve list. So we're about to talk about it. Um you might if you if it sounds good to you, you might go to cardkingdom.com slash command, command zone and grab I don't even if they have it, like yeah. um because yeah. Card's good. Also, it's John, super good. John Avon also did the art. Just FYI. All right, it's a it's a land that can tap for one colorless mana. You can also pay two and tap it, and until end of turn, you may cast creature cards as though as creature spells as though they had flash. So it basically is what Prophet of Krufix says, uh, but for two mana and an activation, and you get to do it on one end, uh, one turn until the end of that turn cycle. 
Yeah, it's kind of Alchemist Refuge, although it only allows the creatures to be cast at Flash. So it's like a little bit of Dalkinori, a little bit Prophet of Crufix, a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, Yeva. It's, Yeva. It's a extremely good card because it gives you that versatility we always talk about. I would put as many Vidalcan Ori, well, not as many, but I would put up to four or maybe five Vidalcan Ori-like effects in my deck, right? Really? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I'll Me put too. Alchemist Refuge, Windy Canyons, Vidalcan Ori, Leyline of Anticipation. If I can, if I'm in the right colors, all four of those are going in the deck. Yeah. Yeah. In- unless there's not a ton of creatures, then I don't want uh, Windy Canyons because it only does creature cards. That would be the only concession. Mm-hmm. All right. Um the next one is, oh, you've got it up. Oh, Sorry. yeah. It's our last land of the group. It's Slayer's Stronghold from Avacyn Restored. Now you can tap this to add colors to your mana pool. You can also tap red and white. So this is for you Boros players out there. And tap the land. Target creature gets plus two, plus so, and gains vigilance and haste until end of turn. I think both of these keywords, haste, obviously, I think a lot of commander players recognize as being a really powerful keyword, um, being able to come out of nowhere and beat someone with something trigger an ability do whatever but vigilance is i think vastly underrated almost i feel like across every format sometimes except for like modern and yeah standard modern is not as worth it but but i mean even in standard i think vigilance can make a huge difference because it's the closer you get to the matchup but yeah the more it's going to be about combat damage, mm-hmm. right? So Vigilance is amazing because you can attack and have that still be a blocker at the same time. Not to mention this gives it plus two, plus so, so it makes the beater, and it gives it haste. So Haste is really the big game. Yeah, that's the big game here, and Vigilance is just like some nice cherry on top. So, I mean, think if you're playing a deck and it, it's so often you you want to play a card like, I don't know, like a Tali or something, uh-huh. but it's that card only does something when it attacks, so you have to get an attack off. Or right. Narset or something like that, where it's like, I have to swing with it. Right. And it, the table's not normally going to be predisposed to letting you do that. So uh, that's why you play Swift Foot Boots and Lightning Greaves and things like that. Well, this can be another one of those effects. Um, and it's on a land, so it's a little bit safer, despite the talk of Dust Bowl at Newmont earlier. Yeah. Uh, all right. This next one. Ah, oh, man. Are you ready to tell the world about it? <sighs> I've been keeping this one on my back pocket for a while. I, when I first read this, I was like, oh, there are other cards that do this. And then I read the second line of text, and I was like, oh, but not this. Yeah, this card is really good, and I've been putting it into more and more decks. I, I forget I forget who mentioned it to me. It was probably in a Twitter or maybe a comment like months ago. Um, it's very cheap, too, as far as price. And when I saw it, I was like, why the heck do I not have 20 of these and I'm not playing it in all my decks? So here you go. It's called Rebuild. It's two and a blue. It's an instant. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's an instant. If it was a sorcery, it would all make sense to me. Yeah, right. It says, return all artifacts to their owner's hands. Hmm. So it Hercules recalls, but everybody, yourself included, yes. That that alone is really good. That alone right there, I think, is very good and very playable. It could set so many people back if they're all about ramp. You know you have it. You can do it on the end set before your turn, so you're the first to redeploy if you did have right. some artifacts. But this card's even better because it has cycling two. So you pay two, discard this card, and then draw a card. It can replace itself if it's not being useful at instant speed. The worry with these cards always is, well, what if I have more artifacts and I'm the one and I don't want to play it because I don't want to bounce my own artifacts? Well, then you cycle this card away in that instance. Or, you know, you wait for a better moment, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how many starts do you see in Commander? I feel like every single game you see is Soul Ring, Signet, Basalt Monolith, turn two, I've got 27 mana. Like, Here comes Ugin. Yep. 
you know, you can really set that person back big time because they wasted their first three turns putting out rocks and you go, boom. Yeah, send it all back. Send it all back and now you're equal with us or behind because we actually did other things on our on our first two turns. Yeah, and the card's good potentially even late when everyone set up their huge engine. They have all of their beaters. Like it even could be a blowout against someone that's swinging in and has like an Acroma's Memorial or something, right? Yep. Like there's just lots of different ways that this can be used because it's an instant. Yeah, Crazy. and again, oh, Swift Foot Boots, Lightning Greaves, they're right. about to do the thing suited up, swing for the wind before they do. Yeah, there's Beginning always the combat. case of like, I could kill it, but it has Shroud. Yep. I could kill it, but it has Hexproof. So this gets around all of that. Um, and I think better than Hercules Recall in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think, I mean, Hercules is a little bit cheaper, but again, it doesn't do everybody's. Uh, yeah, don't sleep on this card. Definitely, definitely grab some of these. I did. I did. <laughs> All right. This next instant is a, it's a red special from me. It's Magma Quake. And I was looking up a lot of cards when I built a deck recently, a Neheb the Eternal deck that's all about burning people out. And cards that did this effect almost always were a sorcery. So Magma Quake is X red red. Uh, it deals X damage to each creature without flying in each planeswalker. It's interesting because it's an instant. Almost always this is like a sorcery effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it, and there are going to be metas where this will be the only way that you can kill the planeswalker deck once they get going. Um, and this in like Star of Extinction is another example. But for X red red, it's very flexible. It's an instant. And however, it doesn't kill creatures with flying. That's not what red does when it comes to these sort of board wipe effects. But it is still a board wipe, and it's a selective one. So you can also play around it yourself. You can make sure that the right things die for the right amount of mana, and so on. So I just like this card a lot. Uh, you rarely see, again, instant when it comes to stuff like this. It's amazing how just switching a card, switching it to the word instant, mm-hmm. immediately makes it pl- from, like, I wouldn't play it to totally playable and good. Yeah. Just because of the ability to choose when you play it. And be like we said in the last episode, be flexible, play it, not play at sorcery speed. Yeah. Was that last episode? Maybe it was two episodes ago. I, I'm getting old. I forget. Um, but the next card. I mean, we say it quite a lot. Moving so. on. This, that's where you say, no, Josh, you're not old. Thanks a lot. All right. Early Harvest is any silent. Nothing. I get nothing. You get nothing. <laughs> Early Harvest is the next card. It's one green green for an instant. Target player untaps all basic lands he or she controls. This is a green ritual. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Uh, it, obviously, better in the monocolor deck, you have more basic lands to untap. But but green's playing Cultivate, Kodama's Reach, Explosive Vegetation. It's going and finding yeah. rampant growths, putting a... You know, if any deck has a lot of basics, even though it's a lot of colors, it's still green because you're just putting them on a battlefield yeah. with your cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's even better than Dark Ritual. Let's say you have 10 lands, you float 10 mana, you pay three, three and then you have you seven, seven and then boom, you, have another, you can make 17 mana that turn. Yeah. So, as long as they're all basic lands, of course... Um, but, you know, even then, I think it's a it's a, definitely an interesting card. I've never seen it be played again, and it could be it could be a sleeper. Who knows? Uh, next up, Mindbreak Trap. Two blue-blue. This, for some reason, is more expensive. I'm not sure why. Maybe because of another format, or maybe because of EDH. I'm not entirely sure. It's an instant. It's a trap for two blue-blue. It's a trap. It's if, a trap! If an opponent casts three or more spells this turn, you may pay zero rather than playing Mind Break Trap's mana cost. So let's say people are going off and they cast three spells. Sure, you can do this. However, it just says exile any number of target spells. So we've seen cards like um, four blue blue end the turn. I think it's time stop. Very powerful. Uh, this is kind of a similar effect in which like, if someone's going off, someone's going crazy, someone's about to cast a bunch of stuff or they're getting into a counter war and you know the wrong person's going to win but you still want them to use all their resources. 
when the stack is crazy and there's a bunch of things on it because in response to this, I have in response to that. Or a lot of times that happens sort of in response to board wipes and mm-hmm. things. Okay, well, I'm going to cast this. Well, I'm going to cast that. And then I'll counter that. And then you just go, boom, all of it. Yeah, it's also exile, which is crazy. It targets things on the stack, which is very interesting. Uh, and blue loves to do this. It can also just be a counter spell, right, for two blue blue. So not bad at all. I like everything about it. Okay, I got a card design for you. Okay. Uh, we never, we never do, we, yeah, we never do this, but you probably couldn't do it because I don't know how you'd word it, but the card is a blue card probably, and okay. it's, maybe it's red, red or blue, and it says, uh, take a spell or ability from the stack, remove it from the stack, and put it on top of it. Whoa. That would be a headache. But you just take it really from cool. wherever it is, and then and you, you just, just put, put it, on, it top. on top. Yeah, yeah. so now it's the next thing that's going to happen. You, you you could bounce it around a counterspell, right? Yeah. So That'd be really interesting. I, I think it would probably be red, so you could it'd be like sort of counter your counter, but it does it in a weird way. Yeah, it dodges it. I could see judges just scratching their head and being like, "No, no, why did you say reorganize the stack? <laughs> well, stack? Are you crazy? You already have to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't enter the great designer search. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Um. All right. That could be an unstable card for sure. There you go. Oh yeah. There an you unset. Go. Mark, are you listening? <laughs> I assume he is. Oh, hey, Mark. Oh, hey. We're big fans. <laughs> uh, all right. The last instant underrated I haven't seen this instant. played at all. I have it in a lot of decks. I've played it a few times. I think it's underrated, but it's overrated how underrated it is. Interesting. So here we go. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's Arachnogenesis. It's two and a green for an instant. It says you create X, one, two green spider creature tokens with reach. They're one, so you create X, <laughs> all right, where X is the number of a, uh, creatures attacking you, and then you fog, prevents all combat damage that would be dealt this turn by non-spiders. So if five creatures attack you, and they're not spiders, you create five, one, two spiders, and then only spiders deal combat damage. So yeah. you can block them if you feel like it uh, for free with your spiders, or you can just let them through and not take any combat damage. That's fine, too. This card, I know... We really loved it in the Commander 2015 set review, review, and I did buy quite a few of them and end up putting them in decks. I have 30 of them now. And I can't (laughs) count the number of times I've had this card in my hand and... Just doesn't do anything? It's just not as good as I want it to be. (sighs) Yeah. Darn. Um, You know what I've learned from Game Nights is that combat itself is pretty rare. Yeah. Uh, You think combat happens like 20 times a game. In general, it's and especially big combat. You know, I'm not counting combat where like a two-two swings at you because you'd never cast Arachnogenesis in that instance. Yeah. As far as number of combats where like four plus creatures are attacking, very rare. Yeah. Very rare. So Arachnogenesis can obviously save you if like Rafik's coming in, or and I think in certain metas maybe it would be good. But um, yeah, I've I, I still have it in a few, but I took it out. Of a lot. I like constant miss so much better because yeah, arachnogenesis you can fire off, you you don't want to fire off um, in small situations, mm-hmm. but constant miss you can. Where it's like ah, I don't want to take ten damage, all constant miss, you know, from these two creatures because I can buy it back. Right, right. Yeah. Whereas arachnogenesis, do I want to use it in that instance? Now nah, just take ten, you know, unless it's like I'm at ten. Yeah. It may this may just be better for specific metas as well. I mean, I'm sure some people are much more creature and combat based, uh, but we're always doing some tricksy weird things around the edges, so it may not be as good. I do think it's good. I just think I thought it was gonna be amazing. Yeah, I think we all did. Yeah. I'm still waiting to use it because I have so many copies. I'm still waiting to use it because it got stuck in my hand and I cast <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> All right, next up is another version of Blasphemous Act. 
that I really like. It's Chain Reaction. It's another red spell. Two red red for a sorcery. Chain Reaction deals X damage to each creature where X is the number of creatures on the battlefield. So oftentimes this would just be a straight board wipe. It's um, Blasphemous Acti. Yeah, it's of. very Blasphemous Acti. Um, but th- instead of reducing a mana cost, it could just be every creature takes 10 damage, 13 damage, 15, you know, whatever. And yep. so it ends up being a board wipe in red for four mana, kind of like a damnation. Pretty good card. And generally, you don't want to wipe, wipe the board unless, you know, you're usually in a situation where everybody's got three or four, and that's when you yeah. want to... You rarely want to wipe the board when there's only two creatures out, yeah, so... Yeah, just deal two damage to everything. Yeah. Think, so you could pyroclasm or whatever instead. Oh, yeah, I like that card. I need to put that on my potential... Because when you're in red, you're you're like, well, board wipes. Uh, Blasphemous Act. Okay, what then? Um, uh, Pyrohemia? Does uh, that count? <laughs> can I blow up everyone's lands and stuff? Does What's that count? the Star of Extinction? Star but of it's extinction, super yeah. expensive. Like, it's yeah. like seven mana or something. Yeah, I like otherwise it's like world yeah. fire and crap where it's like, well, yeah, but then everyone's going to hate me. Yeah, exactly. So this is a much more, I think, fair board wipe. And, and it's great. I, I I can see it being very effective. While creatures may not be attacking per our Arachnogenesis conversation, they're definitely still chilling on the board and generating value. So Yep. And they're, like I said, they're attacking one or two at a time from time to time, but yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I love this next one. This is a good call. Um, all right, I'll read it. It's Chandra's Ignition. It's three red red for a sorcery. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to each other creature and each opponent. I've been killed by this uh, with Blightsteel before. Oh, really? Ha! <laughs> In fact, I can't think of a single time where I've been in Commander anyway, in Cube it's happened, but in Commander I can't think of ever getting attacked by Blightsteel and losing that way. Right, it's some other way they sneak it in. Yeah, but I've definitely been Chandra's Ignition with it, because the creature is dealing the damage. Yep. So if it has Infect, I'm surprised Craig doesn't play this card. I think he does, but I don't think red is one of the stronger Infect colors. It's true, he just doesn't have a lot of decks that have red yeah. with Infect. Interesting. Um, but he definitely does have decks with red is Infect. So, but also think of these creatures that there are a lot of points in games where a really huge creature hits the table. Now that usually gets killed or something else happens, right? Or it's a maze of it just stops it dead in its tracks, or uh, you know, propaganda type whatever, or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But this is a way to just be like, if I get a twenty-two, twenty-two creature, boom, boom. boom. <laughs> That is everyone taking 22 damage to the face. That's not... Some lands also may have been This destroyed. is lands getting destroyed. Oh, okay. I heard it. Those earthier. Yeah, and this is 22 damage. Boom. Yep. I hope somebody's recording those sound effects. You can use those free of charge. Yeah, just download the audio off. You don't have to pay any royalties. Or go ahead and make sure to go to collected.company to view and watch the audio versions of the uh, watch them. But you can download them there too. <laughs> to view the audio view versions. View the audio versions. You can look at them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next up is another interesting board wipe for four mana. It's Mutilate with one of my least favorite arts of all time when it was originally printed in Torment. Um, it looks like your neighbor's mom's hand stuck to her face. <laughs> like, it's way too realistic. And it, it looks like my neighbor's mom. It looks like someone you know, right? Oh, like, it looks nasty. I mean, they've definitely done better versions of it. And, you know, like, oh, okay, cool. That's more artsy and stuff. But that version is just like. That's the original version? Yeah, that's the original from Torment. And oh, yeah. everything since then has been oh, much yeah. better. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the card is very simple, though. It's going to give me nightmares. Yeah, definitely. Two black black for a sorcery. All creatures, <laughs> all creatures get minus one, minus one until end of turn for each swamp you control. So this is, again, very good in monoblock, obviously, but also gets rid of indestructible creatures. It's similar to 
everyone's favorite two in the black um, toxic deluge. Toxic deluge, yeah. But this case, it's uh, swamps specifically. So I do like this card quite a bit. I think it does the job and does what it wants to do very well. In the right decks, of course, always. Also, you can freak your opponents out with the awesome art. Oh God, do not play this version. Oh, there's a foil version of it though. Play the foil version. Yeah, play the foil version. <laughs> All right. The next one is Pour Over the Pages. I remember this was a uh, playmat at GP something. Uh, it was, I think... LA? Yeah. I remember signing this playmat and being like, yeah. this is the perfect playmat to sign. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's Some literally a page for you to sign Yeah, on exactly. It. Some playmats are tough. This one has a spot. Uh, pour Over the Pages. Three blue blue for a sorcery. Draw three cards. Untap up to two lands. Then discard a card. I love cards like this because that untapped two lands thing you can totally Oof. abuse by like having bounce lands, temple of the false gods. Not to mention this card essentially costs three, three mana. mana. Right. It's just better than something like divination because you're drawing three and then you discard a card. It doesn't say you have to discard one of the three you drew, just yep. a card. So uh, and you can untap some sweet lands. Um, untapped guys, cradle. Hey. Like we were talking about, Sarah's Sanctum, Cabal something sweet coffers, like that. I, I dig it. Just many different things you can untap. Nykthos. Nykthos. Something oh. with a market festival on it. I'm the only one that would do that, but I still think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the card, though. I think it's just a very good draw card for what it is. Um, there's obviously tons of different ways to draw cards in blue, but that one, I think, has not seen much play. You play and, it in Mizzix, and yeah, then, oh, it, you know, you actually maybe goodness. gain mana or You're at least break even. Mana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Acquire is the next card. It's a sorcery, three blue, blue. Search target opponent's library for an artifact card and put that card on the battlefield under your control. Then that player shuffles his or her library. Craig, I'm going for you and your Blightsteel. Um, no, Acquire is great, though. I mean, obviously, it was like, oh, look, I want to... Man, I wish I had a Guild of Lotus right now. Now you can. That's funny. For I'll the just take yours. Yeah, the exact same cost that it would be otherwise. Now, there is a chance that you may miss, but... There are a lot of very powerful artifacts in this game. In fact, we've been talking about one, Azor's Gateway. <laughs> you just go find that out for five mana. Um, oh, man. Uh, Vidalcan Ori in our playgroup, everybody's got one of those. Yeah, so I like this card a lot. Um, I, I, you know, Obviously, Treachery, not Treachery, sorry. Bribery. Uh, bribery is the other version, but for creatures, same mana cost. Played much more, but I think, honestly, artifacts are the cards that everyone has in their decks, and there's a good chance that if an artifact in someone's deck, that you will be able to use it for yours as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, because at the very least, you can find some kind of mana rock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like it. All right. It's, we're rampant. On to, it's rampant mono blue. We're okay. on to enchantments. Here's another one I've been saving for a while, looking for the right, right spot to talk about it. It's called Hibernation's End. It's four and a green for an enchantment. It has cumulative upkeep of one. So at the beginning of your upkeep, you put an age counter on this permanent and then sacrifice it unless you pay its upkeep cost for each age counter on it. So on the first turn, you put an age counter, you pay one mana. On the second turn, it's two mana. On the third turn, it's three mana. So on and so forth. Whenever you pay hibernation, Hibernation's Ends cumulative upkeep, <laughs> you may search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost equal to the number of age counters on Hibernation's End. Put it onto the battlefield. Whoa. If you do shuffle your library. So it's like birthing pot-ish, right? How you're just kind of going up the chain. The first turn it's out. You pay one and you go find a one drop. The next turn it's a two drop, three drop, four, four drop, drop, five drop. drop. It's tutoring and putting directly onto the battlefield. So you're paying the mana ostensibly. Yeah. There are a whole bunch of cards obviously where the CMC is not equal to, you know, 
Oh, right, right. You know, you can trick you can trick a lot of cards in that. You can't, I don't know, they've been sort of like kept in check by weird things that say, you know, you need additional costs, but this just puts it on the battlefield for its CMC, so you can do stuff like that. But also yeah. just like tutoring the perfect card. Oh, I need a six slime. Boom. Yeah, you can mess with the counters in some ways too, but even if it's just like five mana, the next time I'm going to get Death Right Shaman. It's pretty good. After that, I'm going to get a sweet two drop, then three drop, like... Even if, though if it goes it, unchecked, it's as though it's like, hey, it's going to go up to four this time. I'm going to automatically draw a four drop. But however, at a certain point, you do have to stop paying for it. I don't think it's going to go past five very often because yeah, there may be six, other seven, things. I think seven is where you stop. Yeah, there are other things you may want to cast. But if you have really sweet options at one, two, and three, you would definitely want to play a card like this. Yeah. Tutoring and mana cost. It's, it's, I've seen it in play a few times, um, and I've... It's not specific to green creatures, too, which a lot right. of green cards want you that only have green creatures, so you can find anything with this. It is a it is a type of card where if it sits there for four turns, you're probably going to lose. Yeah. 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 They're just picking the perfect card, the perfect card, the perfect card, the perfect card. I mean... All right, this next one is from a very, very quality set. It's uh, it's Visions. Oh, yeah. This is a... <laughs> This is a Gitrog monster card. Yeah, it, very like, interesting card. Shot through the roof, I think, price-wise, uh, when Gitrog came out. Yeah, so it's, it's down a little now from what it was. But yeah, it's not This is a Jason now. Alt pick. Yep, Squandered Resources. Black and a green for an enchantment that says, Sacrifice a land, add to your mana pool one mana of any type the sacrifice land could produce. So obviously, this combos off with a lot of cards like Gitrog monster. Um, if you have a Crucible of Worlds in here, there's ways to do this. Sacrifice the land, get a mana, play the land again, do it. Sacrifice the land, you could ramp a lot. Also, there's all these green cards now, and I feel like they're pretty new, where it's like put every land from your graveyard into play mm-hmm. type of stuff. This is a card, too, where it's, say, turn four or five, you have the ability to kill everyone, if only you could cast that Crater Hoof Behemoth out of your hands. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's, it's very risky, obviously, but it's a way for you to double your mana instantly and it's also an enchantment, so you can just have this on the battlefield at any time. We always talk about this, how I believe most games of Commander are won by stringing together two or three or four specific spells. And a lot of times you're just waiting to be able to do it all at once. Yeah. Squander Resources allows you to do it in the same turn faster mm-hmm. before you would normally be able to. Yeah. Uh, it's a very powerful card. Definitely died to it without them using any what you would think, like the... Um, Without them using any recursion for the lands. Just like, yeah. I'm just using it this turn to create extra mana. Like, I'm putting it out, waiting one turn, and then I'm going to try and win by just making extra mana. Right. Uh, a similar card in that it gives you extra mana, but it does it in a different way, is Zendikar Resurgent. This is just becoming... It's slowly Is it becoming, still underrated? It's almost... I think it's it's right at the point now. Because, honestly, I think... It's almost Partially because of you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I could take credit for it, but... Hundreds of thousands of people have seen you go off with this card, Josh. <laughs> it's a five green green for an enchantment. Whenever you tap a land for mana, add one mana to your mana pool of any type that land produced. So Already pretty good there. Yeah, so it doubles your mana, sort of Mirari's Wake style. Um, but the second part is actually better than Mirari's Wake. Yes, I would 100%, and that's why it costs a little bit more mana than yeah. Mirari's Wake too, but I believe this card to be better than Mirari's Wake now most and of the time. one color. Yeah, it says whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. And, well, what do we always talk about? What does every deck want? Card draw and mana ramp. Mm -hmm. Any card that does both of those things is going to be extremely powerful. Thrasios. A plus. Does both of those things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the most powerful commanders there is. Because when you have a lot of mana, what do you want? Cards. Why? Because I have a ton of mana. I can cast anything. So the only thing that's going to stop me in a situation where I have a ton of mana 
is not having enough things to do with it. Mm-hmm. Zendikar Resurgence solves that problem. Yeah, and we saw you do this in your Hapatra deck where you just start stringing creature after creature after yep. card after card after card. And the advantage you got in that turn because you were able to double your mana, it was insurmountable. Yeah, and because everything I drew, I played, drew me more stuff that I then played. It was yeah. just almost, imp- it. you become such a snowball rolling downhill. Those are the turns where you can just sort of win in one turn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that card's really good. Anytime it hits the battlefield, you're just like, uh, can we take care of it? Because we'll probably die yeah. when yeah, they untap. Yeah. Or maybe we're going to die the turn they play it, depending. True. All right, next up is a card from Urza's Saga, a set known for some of the most powerful cards ever in Magic the Gathering. This is Abundance. Two green green for an enchantment. It says, if you would draw a card, you may instead choose land or non-land and reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a card of the chosen kind. Put that card into your hand and put all other cards revealed this way on the bottom of your library in any order. So, if at a certain point in your mono green deck you've hit, you've played enough cultivates, you're like, I never want to draw land ever again. You're good. You're good. You will only draw non-lands from now on. And it's not just if you draw a card and it's the first card of your turn. It's every single time you draw a card. So if you cast something that says draw three cards, you get to choose Abundance, I'm pretty sure, three times. Think about Zendikar Resurgent. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you will almost, especially if your deck is, oh, God, this card, wait, this card combos so well with Zendikar Resurgent. Yeah, exactly. What was I, what was I thinking? <laughs> hey, no, I didn't even I realize that. back to back just for that. I've seen Craig play this card, and it's very scary if you get to the right point in the game where yeah. you're just pure gas. And you're in green, so it's going to be a lot of creatures. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's cool. I mean, I like it a lot in the fact that you can just be like, I need to land this turn. Because like, cool. there have been so many times where I'm like, oh, if I draw a land this turn, then maybe we'll do X, Y, and Z. But like, you draw a creature or non-land, you're like, ah, that's fine. I'll try and do something else. But you being, can just control it. Yeah, being able to yeah. say, yeah, it's that's very powerful in this game. Oh, this next card. I, this is a really good pick, and and this is one another one where I feel like it's gonna. I think it's gonna bust. I feel into like the... it was overrated, and now it's down to underrated. Like I feel like when it first came out, we thought it was gonna do huge things, and now it's been out for a little while. I've seen yeah. it in play a few times, and it hasn't done those things. And now people are starting to think that it's not as good, but it's still awesome. Okay, Mirage Mirror, three mana for an artifact. You pay two, and Mirage Mirror becomes a copy of target artifact, creature, enchantment, or land until end of turn. Until end of turn, instant speed, do it anytime you want. It can become a land to dodge a board wipe too. Weird stuff like that. Yep. Like it can become a land. Yeah. It's a mirror. How does a mirror become a land? It it uh, reflects the land. <laughs> That's my brain it's a exploding. Big mirror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can understand if it like captured a fraction of the land's ability. You know, yeah. it's like an uncard. It's like add one quarter of a man to your mana pool. But it becomes the entire land. This thing becomes guy's cradle just like that. Like what? Give me a break. Um, the ability to clone other stuff, especially when it's as flexible as this, is obviously very powerful. And this card, I think, is only going to go up over time. I also love the the way this card plays, which is that it's so situationally dependent upon what's happening in the game that every single time you play it, your options are so different than when you've played it in right. the past. Uh, and you can suddenly see combos and synergies because you can copy other people's things mm-hmm. uh, in the moment that wouldn't have been possible for you to sort of predict or plan for really before the game started, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it creates very interesting situations and diversity of play with the card is very, very good. So I think it's just a fun card overall because 
it's the type of card you see someone's eyes light up like, oh, I just realized I can do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you see the moment of the epiphany happening in the light bulb going the on. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, I copy this, and then I play that, and it's like, you know, by using one of your cards and my cards, and then on your turn, I copy something different. And I'm blah, pretty blah, sure blah. you can also stack the copies so they can become something, and then you can activate the ability and then become something else, right? I'm it's, pretty sure that's how yeah, it works. Yeah, in certain situations, you could do it, for sure. It's kind of like, like Scion of the Ur Dragon. You could turn yeah. it into a mana rock, like automatically gain a mana if it's a Gilded Lotus, and then tap use it, that, and tap then, and do something else. You know? and then turn into an enchantment because yeah. you don't care if it's tapped yeah, yeah exactly. you could probably do that yeah um not to mention the ability that to have it reset is super important like vesuvian doppel or vesuvian shapeshifter is very good as a clone because of that most of the times you play yeah. a clone it's one thing for the rest of the game how many times have i played phyrexian metamorph being like oh man i wish i could replay that right now yeah i wish i could bounce it in my hand because i really want this new thing that came yeah, out exactly. yeah exactly so yeah, true. great card um next up is oh this is combo tastic yeah altar of dementia it originally printed in conspiracy two drop artifacts sacrifice a cre oh no sorry it was originally in tempest sacrifice a creature target player puts a number of cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power from the top of his or her library into his or her graveyard so it's a two drop uh sacrifice outlet and it can just crazy turbo mill people too i mean we can just end games sometimes yeah we've seen these free sacrifice cards are just very very powerful in general mm -hmm. and i've definitely died to it before getting milled out i believe i've actually lost to it by the player milling themselves out with laboratory <laughs> maniac too um we always say this and it's very true you could borderline play any card that just said sacrifice a creature for no no cost yeah just that ability alone has so much utility from saving your stuff from getting stolen or somebody getting value off of it. Um, again, it's way better, obviously, if it does something. But yeah, Altered Dimensions. Just There's a lot of decks where I consider putting it in just because, well, I'm going to have a lot of creatures on the board at some point. It's yeah. a token deck or whatever. And, I want sack outlets. Imagine if you had this in your Lenda deck, right? Yeah. I, I think I thought about it for a long time. Because, right, if all those 1919s or 2020s or whatever all get set, that's just a person's out of the game. You just milled them out. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. The next one is, yeah, you're right. I don't see this one very much. And it should be on the list with two other cards, which I'll mention in a second. So it's Perilous Vault. It's four mana for an artifact. You can pay five and tap it to exile Perilous Vault and then exile all non-land permanents. Sounds like another card that does this, minus a couple of lines of text. Yeah, so it's Oblivion it's, Stone. Oblivion Stone is very similar, and uh, Navinural's Disc is sort of similar, and right. particularly good in Red and Black, who are bad at dealing with certain permanent types. Mm -hmm. And so there's three cards where you could potentially at least get rid of enchantments if you really, really need to. Yeah, uh, Black has to worry about artifacts as well. Josh Kim likes to play this card, and every time he plays it, I'm like. Why don't I see that more? That card's really good. It yeah. exiles. And it's way cheaper than buying an Oblivion Stone. This mm -hmm. thing. Obviously, Oblivion Stone is better for a number of different reasons, but Perilous Vault, pretty powerful. Yeah, I like I'm, this card. Yeah. If you want those other two, you probably want this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the last artifact I put down here is Felwar Stone. It's just a two-drop artifact. You can tap it to add to your mana pool. One mana of any color that a land and opponent controls could produce. So most times, you're going to be tapped for, for anything. Um, but it's a two-drop mana rock that doesn't come into play tapped. It color fixes you. Um, just, every deck. Just in general. It, it's just a great mana rock. Every deck. Every deck could play Felwar Stone, basically. Yeah. Uh, maybe not green decks, because they can rampant growth instead. But, right. Uh, Pretty good. Yeah, because you got your Signet, and then what else? And I think it's iffy. Felwar Stone could be better than Signet in a lot of cases, especially if your playgroup is usually four players. Yeah. 
Because if four players is what's generally happening, then Felwar Stone is almost always going to tap for, you know, multiple colors of your deck, right? Like, what would have to be the chances of a game happening where the other three players, nobody was in any of your colors? I mean, it was almost impossible. low, yeah. yeah. Unless everyone's playing monocolor decks or whatever. Yeah, true. Then it just becomes like, a, you know, taps for colorless mana or whatever. But then if you're, I guess if you're playing monocolor deck... Mm-hmm. I there's I even have mono colored like mono red or mono black or mono white would probably play Felwar Stone just two mana rock yeah yeah it's not any worse than you know I mean Thought Vessel and Mind Stone obviously do other things but the main purpose of those cards in mono colored decks you know that aren't green is to just ramp you early yeah I dig it all right, all right. well this if you guessed it did you guess it what the, the two, two of the listeners? listeners question would be what do you think are some underrated cards that we didn't mention? Or are we wrong? Are some cards that we mentioned you've seen played all the time? I'd love to know because, honestly, I haven't seen almost all of these cards played in a very, very long time, unless I'm the one playing them or Josh, pretty much. So let us know. Uh, we didn't include Planeswalkers this time. I don't think there are many enough underrated planes, underrated Planeswalkers, right? They're just bad. <laughs> Planeswalkers definitely don't have that underrated scale because of the card volume is just not there yet. Um, you can may say you may and they're to, planeswalkers, so yeah. when they hit the table, people notice them, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think of what I would even put as an underrated planeswalker. You might say like one of the Chandras is underrated because it doesn't see as much play as the other ones, right? You but can, they're like, all kind of bad, so yeah. So <laughs> some flamecaller maybe is the one, but it's six mana. Yeah, flamecaller exactly. is the six mana. Yeah, draw card one. I always forget. There are a lot, but there also aren't that many. So we didn't include Planeswalkers this time around. <laughs> if you think you're wrong, let us know as well. Leave a comment in the comment section below the YouTube video. Tweet at us or send us an email at commandzonecast at gmail.com. Before we get out of here, though, wanted to let you know, again, this show brought to you by cardkingdom.com slash commandzone. That's the affiliate link. Go ahead and use it. A lot of these cards are going to be on that website right now, and they'll get it to you with super fast shipping. That is what Card Kingdom is known for, as well as great quality grading on their card stock. If you were going to, you know, advise the listeners of all the cards we talked about today, you know, pick up this Mm -hmm. card, what what would it be? Oh, wait, let me get the other sheet. Let's see here. I think I would advise people to pick up Zendikar Resurgence yep. and Mirage Mirrors. Probably Mirage Mirror above everything else. And uh, yeah, definitely Mirage Mirror. I'm going with Rebuild. Oh, re- yeah. yeah that's, that's good. All right. Our other sponsor is Ultra Pro. If you have not, uh, if you did, if you missed it earlier somehow, they've got these new tokens. They're called Relic Tokens. Really cool. See it right here. These are sweet. So... Um, we're going to show you a little video right here about how they go on top of the card and they have these cool little wheels where you can change the numbers on them. Like you said, you can use them as a life counter or maybe use them to count exactly how many, you know, a lot of times you put dice on top of the goblin. Like I've got seven goblins. I'm going to put a seven. Well, this one could do it by itself or you could denote the power and toughness with the numbers. If the power and toughness is changing with, you know, I don't know, Cathar's crusade or crater hoof behemoth or one of those. Well, there's a, there's a Tarmogoyf one, so that, that would help out a lot. You can just choose, okay, this right now is a 5-6 or whatever. That's so. true. That's true. Don't play Tarmogoyf in Commander, though. Uh, <laughs> Please do not. Yep, check those out. Ultra Pro always doing cool new stuff. All right, now it's time for the end step, where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. They keep falling back on the table. Um, do you have something cool? Uh, Ultra Pro's Relic Tokens. It's the Eternal Collection. <laughs> I feel like I had something. Let me think about it. 
I am very excited to go see Black Panther this weekend. Oh, yeah. Is that this weekend? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, from our from, from the re- yeah. re- release date or from uh, Something recording? tells me, and all the reviews that have been filtering in say it, that this is by far one of the best superhero movies of all time. It doesn't play like a superhero movie. Um, the the director also did Fruitvale Station mm-hmm. and uh, Creed. Fruitvale was so good. And Michael B. Jordan's one of my favorite actors of all time. So I'm very, very excited to see that movie. I think it's going to be fantastic. I, it's one of those movies that I'm, I'm happy to get excited and hyped for. Yeah. Um, yeah. It does look cool. I'll probably go see it. I'm, I used to work for Disney and Marvel, so I get less excited. Well, this one's one. I've you just can... seen how the sausage is made too much. So it's true, true. <laughs> but this one, I think you can get, you can legitimately get more excited about. So. Definitely, we're starting to hit the point. Actually, this might be the first. Uh, Marvel or Disney movie that's coming out where I didn't see any of it. I didn't see anything. Oh, cool. I know nothing about it from the inside. Yeah, you're yeah. going to be a real movie viewer again. So, yeah, feels good. Maybe I will go. Yeah. Finally, yeah, feel like a regular civilian. It's great. Welcome. It, it, it is hard to watch movies when you know a lot about them. So it, Yeah, it's it hard kinda, to watch movies for me, too, It kind of ruins it for you. Yeah, yeah it, it makes you it less You look past fun. the magic all the time. Yeah, so, so I, you want to suspend the disbelief. It's just, so this is a good opportunity. So yeah. I, I'll probably go see it. <laughs> all right. Oh, man, we threw away our papers. I don't even know what I'm supposed to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> our sister podcast. That's right. The Masters of Modern. There was a Modern Pro Tour at the time you're listening to this fairly recently. Yep. It was pretty insane. Did you see the Hollowed One deck? Yeah, Ken Yukihiro played it. It was awesome. I think it was Ken. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was sweet. I love rogue awesome. decks and decks that come out of nowhere that nobody expected. And it made the top eight, the which top was even eight. better. Oh my yeah. gosh! I'm so sure good. the boys Alex and Ben over at the Masters of Modern are going crazy about that stuff. Uh, if you want to hear the inside scoop about all things modern, then you can find them on Twitter at the MMCast or right next to us at Collected.Company. That's right. And our editor for the show is Terry Robertson and Craig Blanchett, who's probably editing this podcast right now and listening to my voice. Hi, Craig. Thanks for editing the show. Uh, make sure you, of course, check out our video versions of the podcast at youtube.com slash the Command Zone podcast. And big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for doing the living card animations, including this awesome one behind us, as well as the stuff you see on Game Nights and our other podcast episodes. So again, find Jeffrey online at Living Cards, MTG. I almost forgot for a second. I've said You've it like said 100 it 200 times. times. Almost, oh my yeah. goodness gracious. And go to youtube.com slash the zone podcast. All right, that wraps up our most underrated cards episode. We hope to be doing more of these in the future. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs>